our refuge. A little ways back, I was talking to uh, a student who had graduated, and she was sharing with me that she was going through just a really hard time. She, her, in her family, her parents were getting a divorce. Her mom was starting to date other people, and she's like, this is just weird. In her own life, she was dealing with some personal issues, and she was just feeling really overwhelmed. And she made the decision, she said, I'm going to go to Mass. And on the days when I can't go to Mass, I'm going to just stop by the chapel for a few minutes to pray. And so every day, she went to God and talked to Him. And she said to me, she said, Father Matt, I, this is crazy because things have never been more out of order in my life. But I'm experiencing more peace than ever before. Because I asked her, I said, why, why do you think that is? Where is that peace coming from? And she said, when I go to the chapel and I remember that somehow everything is in his hands, that I know that it's going to be okay. Our invitation today from the Lord is like the Psalm 90 says today, to take refuge in him. That God invites us to follow him. That he, he wants to be our refuge. And so this list of things that Jesus goes through in our gospel, you know, that all these ways to be a disciple or not be a disciple, it really, for me, it centers on do not rely on these things. Rely on me. So let's, let's kind of go through this a little bit. Jesus starts out with some pretty strong, strong language. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Which is strange because I thought we were supposed to love our neighbor. But what is Jesus saying? He's saying to turn to me first, right? That we, we love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then to love our neighbor as ourself. But to seek him, to, to seek to please him first. There's a, a young lady who graduated not too long ago, and she was telling me that she's entering a religious community basically next fall. I was like, wow, that's, that's a big deal. That's awesome. And she said, yeah, but my family is not super excited about it. Um, my, my dad especially is not happy about that. And you think about it, what do parents want? Parents want to know that their child is safe, that they're going to be okay, that they're going to be provided for. And what has happened over the last few months and whatnot is as this girl has shared with her parents about how much peace and happiness she finds in the Lord, that her, instead of, you know, her lining up with what her dad wants, 
her dad is actually starting to line up now with what God wants. So it doesn't mean our families might not always want what God wants. I remember uh, a student a few years ago said, I know that my, my family wants, my parents want me to be happy, but God knows what will make me happy. Does that make sense? Thankfully, I think it doesn't conflict that often. But Jesus is saying, find refuge in me first. Next, Jesus goes on. He says, whoever does not carry his own cross cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross. Jesus who chooses to carry the cross that he doesn't have to, invites me, waits for me, to say yes to carry the cross that's for me. Not, not that God waits for us to carry this burden and it's difficult. What he's saying is, this is your yard, and I invite you to go to work on it. That, that nobody can take care of my yard but me. And if I don't take care of my yard, nobody will. If I don't, if I don't get sleep, is there, like, who's going to check up on me? Are you getting your sleep? If I don't exercise, if I don't pray, if I don't take care of my life, if I don't face the difficulties, they're not going to go anywhere. They're just going to get worse. And so what Jesus says, Jesus stands right there, And he says, I want to go there. But I wait for you to choose to go there also. There's a speaker at Newman Night we had a few years ago, Father Sean Kilcally. And what he said was, I thought this was fascinating, that in the human brain, when we're a child, and when I skin my knee as a kid, I cry out for my mom. And he said what happens there in our brain is there's a difficulty, a distress, and then I, I turn and I cry out for mom, and it's like um, the center of the brain that releases dopamine. Mom kisses my knee, everything's better, I relax, right? He says when we get older, it's still the same mechanism, just mom changes. Although they say that even soldiers on the battlefield in moments of great distress will cry out for their mothers. But as we get older, some people, when, you know, say I uh, do bad on a test or uh, my girlfriend or boyfriend's mad at me or I get yelled at at work, then what do I do? I turn to alcohol. I turn to weed because it just takes the edge off. For a lot of people, I turn to pornography. Jesus invites us not to turn to those things, but to turn to him. That we can actually retrain ourselves that that rather than taking refuge in these other things, rather than avoiding what's going on here, that I can actually turn to him. Which some people say, well, are you just saying, is Jesus just like a, a psychological trick? Is that because Christians just need something to hope in, so they turn to God, but other people can turn to whatever you want, something else? No. Jesus is not just a nice coping mechanism. Jesus is the one who actually wants to do something to help me. 
that Jesus is the one who wants to fight for my happiness, even when I don't want to. He doesn't lecture me. He doesn't make me feel guilty. Guilt is not from God. That he invites me to work with him for my happiness. And so what that looks like is me choosing to carry my cross and to face the difficulties in my life. Because the difficulties in our life, they're not like a bag of trash that somebody else will just take out for me. They're things that aren't going to go anywhere until I face them. Does that make sense? That's a choice that nobody can make but us. And if I don't want to take that up, if I don't want to take up the cross, I don't have to, but that's the one path to the resurrection. But I don't do that alone. Jesus wants to do it with me if I'm willing to let him in. What if I feel like that's too much? Jesus, you asked for too much. There's a huge cost, and he goes through this cost of building. He talks about this battle. But the reality is that Jesus is the one who pays the cost for us. Jesus is the one who does battle against evil for me. Now, there's still a battle I I face. There's still a cost. Even for me to come to Mass tonight, right, that... My roommates know where I am. They're like, oh, you're going to do that Catholic thing. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, and, and for some of us, it's not a big deal. It's like, that's no big deal. Or uh, I kind of, it's good. I want them to know that I'm going to church. For others of us, it's like, uh, yeah, I just got some stuff to do. <laughs> like there's a cost. Or our teachers, right, that I hear stories, you know. The number of teachers on this campus that really respect the faith, it's very few that more often than not, it's mocked. And beliefs about the goodness of the human person and marriage and all that, I mean, they're just just mocked. But here's the thing. Every choice involves costs. If I choose to follow Jesus, there might be some people that don't think I'm cool anymore. But the cost, if I make these other decisions, you know, it's like, you know, if if I'm... If I'm feeling lonely and I don't want to be alone and I choose to go be with this person late at night, the cost is afterwards I feel kind of empty and used and not really known. And I actually get mad at myself for allowing that to happen. That every choice we have comes with a cost. But Jesus invites us to come to him because he's the one that can actually heal us and give us a greater reward than anything else. That he's the one that holds out peace for me. That at the end of the day, when Jesus says, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. That that what he's saying is, when we hold on to possessions, what can happen to us is that instead of holding possessions, that we begin to be possessed by them, that they own us. And Jesus is saying, let go. Let turn to me. Turn to me first. Let let me be your security, not your bank account. And because sooner or later, this is going to happen. Because God loves us, you know, we're going to hit rock bottom. 
We're going to lose that friend that was our everything. We're going to lose that job. We're going to whatever. And Jesus says, I want you to come to me because I'm the one you need. You thought you needed that, but you don't need that. What you need is me. That a disciple of Jesus Christ is one who follows him, is one who takes refuge in him, who seeks him to be our strength. That versus the, car- the cardboard houses that I try to hide in, that Jesus is the castle, the protection, the mighty one who fights for my happiness. And if he's going to fight for my happiness, then he's the one I'm going to take refuge in.